Welcome to Getting In, a college coach conversation. On this show, the team of experts from Bright Horizons College Coach aim to demystify college admissions and finance. From building a well-balanced college list and developing a payment strategy to creating a high school plan and more. Each episode will help guide your family through various steps of the process. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Super happy to be back with you all after hosting last week. I will give my uh, regular plea to review us on Apple Podcasts. The more reviews we get, the easier it is for others to find us, and we'd like to reach as many people as we can. So please drop us a review if you have a chance. Um, we're going to cover a lot of grounds today, ground today, including um, financial questions you can ask during college visits, and also tips for using the summer, i.e. right now, <laughs> to explore and develop interests um, alongside whatever else a student might be doing this summer. So some good stuff coming there. But before we get to all of that, uh, I'd like to talk about something else that I really encourage students to use summertime for, and that is doing college visits. And joining me uh, for that is my colleague, Nial Rele, who is a former admissions officer at Middlebury, at Colorado College, and at Lewis and Clark Colleges. So he's got a lot of insights into college visits. Hi, Nial. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. So, you know, one thing that I definitely get from families is they are concerned about visiting colleges during the summer because, in their opinion, it's, you know, it's nothing's happening and it's not the same. But at the same time, to me, summer is a really brilliant time to visit colleges. And so um, I would love to get your thoughts on why. Why is now a good time to do that? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. A lot of great reasons why the summer might not just be uh, yet another time to visit, but actually a fantastic time to visit yes. colleges. Um, first of all, there will absolutely still be students on campus, right? The vast majority of colleges will offer some sort of summer programming, and the admissions offices are very much still open for business. Um, and you still will quite likely have an opportunity to do a lot of the things that you would in terms of a visit experience uh, if you were visiting during the semester as well. That could be sitting in on a class during the summer, visiting a dorm room during the summer, perhaps even doing an interview uh, within the admissions office or with the student. So lots of those opportunities still absolutely do exist. Um, and in some ways, the benefit of the summer over the regular semesters is that you will have a little bit more flexibility, particularly if you're traveling to do some visits, you will have more time on your hand technically. And as a result, you mm -hmm. might be able to do more visits as well. So those are some, some of the reasons, right? And I'll speak from my own experience of what might be really interesting that happens on college campuses over the summer that you might get a glimpse into that if you were visiting during this during the semester, might be a little bit harder to see as well. For instance, a lot of summer research might happen between students and faculty over the summer. So potentially, if that's a topic that you're interested to learn more about, you could get really great access to students who are doing research over the summer and perhaps have a little bit more time to give you as a student that's visiting as a prospective student to learn what about what they're doing. And the same might go for faculty as well. When I was an undergraduate and I attended Middlebury College, uh, during the summer, they also had these amazing language schools where students from Middlebury and elsewhere 
would attend for eight or nine weeks and learn a new language, you know, years worth of that. So, so things like that might be happening. There might be interesting community engagement projects happening. So for all those reasons, you might get a glimpse into the, the sort of the plus plus, right, of the experience of being on a college campus that you would have access to if you were a student at that campus, but you might not be able to see if you were visiting during the regular semesters as well. Right. And I do love the point about just having a little bit more time and space to explore because, A, you aren't stressed about that AP U.S. history test that you have when you get back to high school, right? And um, because you're not going to school in that moment. And if you have traveled, like you said, you can kind of explore the the campus a little bit more, um, spend a little bit more time. And I think it's such a good point that High school, I mean, colleges are not like high schools. High schools are done during the summer. There's typically almost nothing, if anything, going on. Teachers are on vacation. Even administrators are often in and out of the building, but not really around very much. Whereas on a college campus, most of those people are working over the summer. And while certainly some may go elsewhere to do that work, many, many of them stay on campus. And you know, speaking again from personal experience, and Nial, I love your personal experience. And I actually spent a summer um, in Ithaca when I was in college. And it was such an incredible experience to kind of see the college with certainly lots of students, but a lot fewer students. And I don't know, there was just a real sense of the community that was there, even without all of the, it felt the same, but just a little bit more expansive, I guess, for lack of a better term. And so that is why I agree that I just think summer's a great time, not just because you're not in school, but because there's a lot, sometimes there's even more to see a little bit during the summer. Mm-hmm. And um, that, I'll say that my number one piece of advice to first year students, no matter where they're going to college, is to spend at least one summer at your yes. institution, right? Of course, it's a it's a related topic because there can be so many fun ways to meet new people over the summer. Um, when I worked at admissions, we always had the most um, gregarious, excited students who wanted to work in our office for that summer, give tours. You're also gonna be interacting with those sorts of students who work in the admissions office, right? So there's, there's often a wonderful energy on campuses over the summer. And to add to a point that you made, right, in terms of scheduling as well, during the school semester, particularly when you're a junior or senior and your schedule's really full, it can be hard to fit in a trip to do visits, right? And of course, when you have a break during your semester, many other students will as well. So a lot of these visit experiences that happen during the semesters, it's sometimes hard to find a room on an admissions office calendar, uh, or you might visit and you might be visiting alongside literally hundreds of other people. Yes. Uh, but in the summer, that pressure is a little bit less, right? Plus, you have the opportunity of not just fitting in visits during the weekend or things like that. Oftentimes during the semester, colleges might not even offer visit experiences during the weekend. But of course, during the summer, that's less of a restriction too. Right, exactly. And I mean, good point, like Good Friday. I don't know about you guys, but Good Friday on Penn's campus was just mayhem because you're welcoming all of the the juniors who are going to be seniors, all a bunch of accepted students. I mean, 
probably one of the worst days to visit. Fun, I guess, because there's so many people. But if you want any of that personalized um, experience, like you were mentioning, you're not going to get it on times like that where the whole world has the same idea that you do, which is let's go visit. So another great reason why summers are really a good time. Um, All right. So we've established, hopefully, that this is a really good time to visit. What are, how do you make the most of that visit? What are the things that you recommend students and parents do um, while they're on those campuses? Mm-hmm. First off, I'll strongly recommend doing some pre-work, right? There's a ton of really great information available online nowadays, particularly post the pandemic. Universities has put a lot of attention toward having a really robust online profile. So you can get a good sense of them before visiting or not without even having to visit. But if you're able to show up on a campus, having a really good sense of, you know, the questions that you want to ask, what you really want to wrap your head around while you're on that campus, beyond the basic stuff, you're going to be able to take advantage of of getting answers to those sorts of questions. So are there aspects about the program that you're really interested in that you want to learn more about in particular? Is there a particular destination on the campus that you really want to see? Do you want to check out the ice rink? Do you want to go to... Uh, a science lab and take a look at that, right? Being able to do that more granular work during a visit can really add to your understanding and knowledge of the community. Um, So do some of that pre-work, strongly recommend doing that. Also, as you know, some of the benefits of the flexibility that not just you, but also students and faculty who are on these college campuses have during the summer is having a little bit more time. So potentially, you'll be able to connect with a student who has similar interests to you. You might be able to connect with a faculty member who is in a department that you're interested in. So if you're able to, and you know the admissions office can be a partner in this work, if you're able to try to make a connection with at least a student, right? And if possible, if appropriate, with a faculty member as well as you visit and, and ask those questions that, that go beyond the basics to help you get a better sense of the college community. Um, on, a preca- on the precautionary side, yes, you have more time, but also take advantage of that time in, in spending a good amount of time on a college campus. So don't try to book too many visits in one particular day in the city you might be visiting, right? Yeah. Give it the time because you really want to be able to breathe in the community. You really want to be able to get a strong feel of the campus as well. And not just the campus, but also the surrounding area potentially, yeah. right? Because that's be that'll be where you live, right? So uh, take all that in and take really great notes, right? Yes. So even if you are a junior, right, or rising senior that summer before senior year, it'll still be many a month before you're going to sit and send your applications in. So take really great notes. I can tell you from so many students that I've worked with that it all can kind of meld together. And, and going back to your notes in whatever format you keep them can be really helpful for you down the line, I promise. And what else comes to mind? You know, potentially colleges might offer interviews for seniors, uh, for rising seniors. Uh, so check out kind of what is the breadth of the experience on those campuses that you could have. So you're making sure that you're taking advantage of everything that is available to you at that time. Yeah, and when you're taking notes, take pictures. Yeah, Every, yeah. I've, I've yet to see a student without one of these, whether it's an iPhone or an Android, you've got a smartphone, it takes pictures. Even if you have a flip phone, it takes pictures. So 
take pictures because like you say, it all bleeds together. And I can't tell you how many students I've had come back to me after they do these visits and they're like, oh, I can't remember. Was it this school that had this school program or was it this school? And as a parent, if you're spending the money to go on these visits, that is a bad thing to have happen at the end, right? Like, oh, I can't remember. Certainly you can go and look it up. But if you take good notes and you take pictures as you're going, it's really going to be helpful when it comes time to, you know, kind of collect your thoughts and say, what did I really like? What was I kind of mad about? And usually you remember what you really disliked and you often remember what struck you the most, but it's a lot of times decisions are going to lay in that in-between area. And so you want to make sure that you're, you're getting your thoughts down accordingly. So I'm going to second the taking notes piece and add the taking uh, some photos and maybe even video to that as well. And on that note, right, it can really be um, solidifying in a lot of different ways, right? If you were to have a conversation with perhaps the people that went on the tour with you, maybe your your folks, right? Maybe your siblings, maybe you're traveling with a friend, uh, to have a conversation and ask some of those questions out loud, right? Really be able to articulate it. What did you like? What were you surprised by? What did you not like as much, right? And having that that conversation with someone can really aid your process of reflection and understanding about your fit for an institution. Because some of these people, assumedly, would know you really well as well. Right. Any advice in the time that we have left? People may be listening and saying, this all sounds really great. How do I go about doing all of those things? So any advice and tips that you have for actually not just scheduling the visits, but then maybe adding some of these more unique things where maybe you meet with a student or you meet with a faculty member or department head or something like that? Mm -hmm. Um, Reach out to the admissions office at the institution. Of course, you want to absorb all of that's already been put online on their admissions office visit page in particular, right? So so you don't don't need to ask questions that you haven't answered to perhaps online already. Um, Certainly register, right? Do the formal registration thing. Uh, on the website when when that's an option, which is most often. Um, a lot of students that I, that I speak with have technically visited a campus, but they said, you know, I, we didn't even go to the admissions office. We just walked around. And right. sure, there's a lot to gain in that, in, that, in that sense as well, but it can be really valuable to have the formal experience as presented, as holistic as possible, right, as presented by the admissions office. And often there would be the people that you speak with about Okay, if I if I have this sort of an interest, do you have a student that you might might be able to introduce me to, um, or a faculty member, um, or perhaps you know if you want to take it into your own hands, you could even go to the department specific website, check out who the professors are within that web within the department, and get a sense of their bio, and you might also be able to reach out to them directly. So that's part in my in my sense of it. That's part of the pre work that you could do before visiting. Right. Uh, but absolutely, you sh- you should register um, and 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 have that be sort of a formal experience, right? Because at the schools where they care if you visit, so they're tracking demonstrated interest. If you all you do is go on campus and walk around, you're not going to get credit. So that's a super important component of it, exactly. And I also like the mention of that's pre work. You can't really show up on campus and say, oh, I wonder if this chemistry professor is here mm-hmm. and stop by their office and hope to find them there. This is the kind of thing where in a perfect world, 
you would do that work in advance and you would know and either know they weren't going to be on campus when you were there and maybe adjust your visit accordingly if that was super important to you or make an appointment with them so that they would be there when you arrived. Right. And I will say sort of a little bit more macro, right? As you're thinking about visits over the summer, say if you live in Portland, Oregon and decide to go to the Bay Area because you're really excited about Stanford and you want to visit Stanford, what are other schools that that perhaps also might be a good fit? Maybe you don't know as much about them, or maybe it's not a name that you've heard of uh, from when you were a little little kid, right? Stanford would be perhaps, right. um, that you might also add to that list, that you're not going too much out of your way, but you are taking the advantage of the fact that you're already traveling to check out a school that might be might be cool, you know, close to that one. So um you know, it's it's hard to cover the whole country over the summer, right? If you are doing a national search, but um, but it, it is an opportunity to sort of broaden your horizons a little bit, right? If you're visiting a new place, uh, to be inclusive of the schools that perhaps you hadn't thought of initially, but sometimes students are really surprised how much they like a school that they maybe stumbled on, uh, stumbled right. into, right? For whatever reason. Right, exactly. If you're going to make the trip all the way to Vermont to see Middlebury, there's no harm in going to see St. Mike's and then maybe also going over and seeing University of Vermont. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually see connections between all three schools that if you like one, you might find something that you like in the other. So I love that advice. And it is a good way to maximize your travel time and your travel dollars, which are not insignificant. Any, Any final thoughts about summer visits before we wrap up? Yeah, and look, we're painting with fairly broad strokes here as well, right? That that you know we're saying that for the most part, the summer experience, summer visit experience, could be really great. Uh, but if you have a really particular objective, for instance, if you say I really want to visit and check out this sort of class, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or I really want to make sure that I see a dorm room or this and that, it might not always be available. So do that research. Um, we certainly don't want you to discount the opportunity of visiting over the summer, but but go into the weeds a little bit. Make sure that that is an experience that that works for for you and your own objectives of understanding a certain place. Uh, but hopefully this 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 does broaden your horizons to say you actually do have a plenty of time to be able to visit a lot of places. Know that you don't have to visit a campus before applying. Certainly, right? Uh, many a student, uh, particularly those that are applying to schools that are far away. If you're able to visit, that's fantastic. But as I said a little earlier, um, there is a ton of great information available online for you to feel confident enough to to send an application in, even if you were not to visit. And and that's okay. Right, right, exactly. But do take advantage of what's online if you aren't able to make it Mm -hmm. to campus. And I also, my last piece of advice on this front is also, if you are going to commit to a school, you're going to apply early decision, which means if they admit you, you're saying, I'm going to come. It might make sense if it's possible. And again, this is another big added expense. And so certainly not essential, but if possible, you might want to go back in the fall just to make sure that this truly is the place you want to be. And you could see it with all of the students on campus and just confirm your gut that yes, early decision at this school is the right, right play for me. So Neil, thank you so much for joining today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, don't go away because when we come back, we're going to be talking about all of the different financial uh, questions that you can and should be asking during these visits um, that you're going to be making soon. So don't go away. 
follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Hey everyone, it's Ian from College Coach reminding you that summer is a great time to focus on college planning before your students get busy with schoolwork and application deadlines in the fall. We are offering 10% off an admissions advising package from College Coach through the month of June. Make your way to getintocollege.com, fill out an inquiry form, and you'll receive more information about our packages. This offer expires on Friday, June 30th, so make your way to getintocollege.com today. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. In every college application, there's that moment of pause before a student hits send. Is this my best work? With Bright Horizons College Coach, your student will hit submit with confidence. We take the guesswork out of applying to college. Students get help with everything from essays, summer planning and visits, to testing strategy, merit aid, and more. As for our results, 100% of students have earned acceptances, nearly all to one of their top choice goals. Visit getintocollege.com experts to learn more. You are listening to Getting In, a college coach conversation. To submit a question for an upcoming listener Q&A segment or to suggest an idea for a future segment, please send an email to gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. We just did a whole segment on visiting colleges. Um, good information whether you're do, doing your visits during the summer or during the year, although we were focused on the beauty, beauty of going during the summertime. Um, but there, we only talked about the admission side or the exploration side of finding out if this is a perfect fit for you. Um, but there's a whole other side as most people are highly aware, and that is the paying for all of this side of going to college. And so for that reason, we also wanted to cover the financial questions that you can and should be asking during your visits. And joining me for that is my colleague, Alex Gonzalez, who's also a former financial aid officer at the University of Portland. Hi, Alex. Hi, great to be here. Absolutely, excited to have you here, especially because, when we connected prior to doing the segment, it struck me how many questions there are <laughs> that families can and should be asking. Um, and so I'm really happy to have you here and to have you have thought through all of these questions because in my own head, I had like a handful, but there yeah. are a lot. Um, but let's start with the basics, which is, you know, why why should prospective students even be thinking about the financial side of things right now? Yeah, yeah. I I will say that, you know, it might not be at the top of mind right now as you're exploring, you're you're getting, you know, you're you're looking at campuses, differentiating the accommodations, the learning styles, but but from the finance side, we want to know kind of um what we need to do. So we talked you talked about the summer uh, and um, what to ask, you know, admissions offices. This is a great time to kind of ask, how do we access your financial aid programs? Is it financial aid forms? Is it um, um, scholarship opportunities? 
Um, and your questions will change as you are going through the process, whether you've submitted your application, you're, you're um, looking at the value of the campus, and then it'll ultimately help your final decision is when we talk about that right fit, I think, think about it as the triangle, the environment of success, the learning programs, and also the affordability. It is a four-year budget. So um, we want to make sure that we take advantage of all the opportunities that are on campus as well. Right. And I'll throw out there another one too, for those families for whom whether or not they can afford college is going to big going to be a big component of the decision-making process, which by the way, is most families Um, waiting until you get in and learn what kind of finance, how much it's going to cost and what will be available to you to help you pay for it is the worst decision that you could make, right? You need to be anticipating what it might be. And it may be that you can clearly see that a school or a group of schools are going to be financially unattainable, in which case I wouldn't, you know, maybe those are schools that come off the list. Um, I have shared my own son's journey a few times, and there was a group of schools that he didn't even apply to because we knew we weren't going to qualify for financial aid. And the merit aid that was available should he qualify for that merit aid, would not have brought the price into a reasonable place for us. So, you know, we just kind of said, okay, well, let's not get excited about a group of schools that we can't afford. And, you know, in many cases, didn't we didn't visit those schools and he didn't apply to those schools. And I think that's, it certainly ended up with a whole lot less stress around having something that you can't you know, can't have at the end of the day. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you ask those questions. I know, I know that, you know, you, we, there were, you know, different chats throughout that whole process and yeah. like what to ask and what not to, you know, and what to ask and like, will colleges look at this little, a, a little bit different Will they view me if I ask about paying for college. Um, I know a lot of families that I talk to, get nervous about that. They think mm-hmm. if I bring up costs, then, you know, they're going to think that I can't attend. Well, it's the context of it. I remember being in the financial aid office, being in an admissions office, scholarship offices, and we talked about costs. We wanted to make sure that families knew that information up front to yep. make those informed decisions, to know how to access the information as well. Um, so that they were meeting the timelines. Cause if uh, I, I, you've been there, I've been there on yep. those decision trees and you're like, you're it's spring and you're, and, and a family finally asks, how can I get a scholarship? And you're like, no, no. we need it. We needed that application in the fall and, yes. and you, you know, and, and all these opportunities that you missed. And so great time to kind of build your list, ask those questions. What do I need to do to access those? Yes. So actually, let's jump in. What are the questions that you would be asking when you're on a college campus doing these visits, especially during the summer? Yeah, I I ask timelines. What do I need to do to maximize my financial aid or my opportunities here? Um, again, you're thinking about access. What do I need to do early on, potentially before you apply or kind of right in the process of applying? 
so that you don't miss any dates. Are there early dates for priority for scholarships? Is there an early, what kind types of forms do I need to fill out? Is there a separate application or are there department applications based on my talent um, that I need to apply for? Um, where do I go? And, yep. and do know that it could be a little bit different at each college. And so um, I think a pro tip for that is looking at who has your earlier deadlines and building your timeline for, for that. And then kind of tailoring your applications to um, those earlier timelines to maximize your opportunity. And then, and then you get to explore. You get, you know, the decision is in the college's hand. You're exploring the value that that college might bring to the table. Right, right. And then, you know, there's, there are obviously at some schools, there's going to be financial aid. Mm-hmm. forms, right, that you need to fill out and some deadlines. And then at other schools, there might be financial aid and merit. So want to be clear here for everyone who's listening, not all colleges offer merit scholarships, which have nothing to do with your ability to pay, typically. Yeah. Um, some schools are only going to offer financial aid. Some are going to offer financial aid and merit. So understanding what the options are even at that school, right? Do you do merit aid or is it all purely financial? I think those are some good questions to ask. Um, What about when a student applies and not just in terms of hitting the financial aid deadlines, but early decision, early action, regular decision, any questions you would ask around those different application deadlines, admissions applications deadlines. Yeah, especially it's really important for a family to kind of have a better context Mm -hmm. of during an early decision um, or being an early decision candidate because you're essentially committing to that university if you're being admitted. So review asking a college, what is the net price calculator? So that can help determine uh, what types of financial aid and the cost of the college that I that individually I might be able to expect. Also, asking whether or not there's a scholarship calculator that the that that is shared with with students as well, so that you have an idea of like based on how I am as a candidate and if that college provides uh, scholarships, am I a candidate? Can I take advantage of that? Because some of it you will know, like the financial aid information, you'll know kind of, okay, this is what I'm responsible for. This is what the university is going to bring to the table. But sometimes merit scholarships, we can predict it, maybe the likelihood, but maybe not the dollar amount. And so Mm -hmm. we need to be prepared of like kind of what those costs look like and asking those questions. What is my opportunity in the early decision if I apply versus do I have more opportunity in the regular decision or do I have more agency in the choice um, where I can pick and choose and compare award letters? Sometimes that's what a family is looking to do. And it's okay for that to be a decision of whether or not you apply regular decision or early decision. Um, Right. We work with a lot of families that do that. Right. There are some schools where the package that you get will be different if it's early versus regular. And usually that's at schools that are off, that, that offer merit aid, right? Because merit aid is typically used to lure students to campus mm-hmm. who might have other choices. So if you're already committing to that school, the likelihood that you get merit aid 
not at all schools, but at many schools will be slim because they don't have to worry about luring you to campus. You're coming, right? You're co- yeah, you you've kind of said we are coming here. You are the one. You're the you're the right fit, and so right. you want to make sure that you do that due diligence and ask. But whether it's the financial aid office, sometimes um, questions um, to the kind of the admissions presentation will have a segment that's dedicated to um, the finances. But definitely, if you're not receiving that information, asking, where do I get that information? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, um, or how could I explore? Um, there's kind of a, a difference between. Um, your current circumstance where they, where a presentation or a college tour, they might not be able to answer that particular nuance part of that question, but asking where might I get that information? Where is it located on the financial aid website? Uh, is there an op- opportunity for an appointment uh, with an, an, a financial aid counselor that I can kind of ask some of these kind of more tailored questions? So those are all great kind of um, questions to ask and be mindful of is that it is part of the process. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and colleges are expecting you to ask those types of questions. Well, and actually to that point, Alex, when you were doing financial aid, um, would you meet with a fam? Let's say you have a junior, um, or maybe a rising senior, it's July and they're coming to your campus to visit. Um, could they make an appointment with you? So that could be part of their visit. Yeah, yeah, in certain circumstances, yeah. Um, so if we had a summer program, we typically, I mean, it depended on who was in the office. Um, mm-hmm. We tended to have more um, kind of tailored programs as well in the summer. So we might guide you to um, um, like a, a special summer visitation day where sure. th- there's an admissions counselor giving a talk and, and a financial aid representative kind of talking about the different processes there. Um, but yeah, I, I think having a conversation once you were admitted, I think we were more open to larger conversations about kind of the workings of um, what what does your financial aid look like? What are your options? So asking questions about, you know, uh, payment plans, asking questions about like kind of um, um, impacts on other types of financial aid or outside scholarships coming in, what that impact was. Um, So, or special circumstances about where where you might want to be comfortable asking that in a, in a group of, 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 students and families. Right. Absolutely. And so I think you bring up a good point, which is, you know, you had special visit days um, for rising juniors, not all school rising seniors, not all schools do those different schools are going to do it differently. Um, The website for all of these institutions is always going to be your best place to start. They're Mm -hmm. not um, the same. Right. So I wish I could say on every school's institution, you're going to find X, Y and Z in these exact places. But, you know, poking around on the websites is going to give you a lot of of insight before we have a few minutes left. And so I I do want to get to because there are a number of other questions that um, you recommend students ask. Um, Can you run through a couple of them? We have about two minutes. Okay. Yeah. So, so there are kind of the deadline questions, the questions about coming from like how merit, 
how financial aid, all on, on topical minds. But there are also things about the cost that are important to ask as well. So beyond the scholarships, beyond the financial aid questions that can lead to kind of those outlying costs that I would say some families aren't necessarily thinking about when they go and do their first visits. So right. reminder, the cost, it's the cost of attendance. So it's beyond just tuition. We think, oh, and when you go to your first call, college um, financial aid night, you go, oh, it's it's more than tuition. It's room and board and books and supplies and personal expenses are all part of that. So on the tour, these are questions that you can ask um, students as well. Do, do you live off campus? Was it easy to find off campus? Is, is it more expensive to or less expensive to live in the dorms? Um, are you taking advantage of discount programs with laptops or um, other services, book services? Um, how's the library? Do I have the opportunity to maybe check out a book versus um, take one of those giant science books that are, you know, hundreds of dollars and, you know, and, and kind of save there and kind of work your budget back of what might kind of limp, how can you maybe limit your costs moving forward? Yeah. So, yeah. So there, um, I did want to direct our listeners because there are so many good questions that you could be asking and we've touched on many of them, but there are plenty more. Mm -hmm. um, if you uh, go to the College Coach blog, so you'll find that at blog.getintocollege.com forward slash finance questions to ask on a college visit. So I, a, I would recommend checking out our blog, period, because there's so much good information there. But if you are looking for a great resource of questions that you should be asking um, uh, when you're doing these visits, again, you'll find it at blog.getintocollege.com. And this particular blog is forward slash finance questions to ask on a college visit. You could even um, Google that, do, you know, college coach, finest questions to ask on a college visit that should get you there, but just go to our blog and then you can search by topic once you're in there. Um, Alex, thank you so much for joining today. I really appreciate it. Lots of great information. Yeah, thanks. All right. Um, don't go away because we're going to wrap all of this up with another summer focused activity. And that is using this time to explore some student interests. So don't go away. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. College admissions can be stressful, but Bright Horizons College Coach is here to help. Our college experts who worked in admissions and financial aid at some of the nation's most selective institutions offer ethical, customized assistance based on each student's individual strengths and interests. Students receive one-on-one -on -one guidance throughout the process, and our 100% success rate means all of our students have been accepted to college. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. When it's time to go through the college admissions process, look to Bright Horizons College Coach for ethical guidance and customized support. Our educators will get to know your students' ambitions and talents, help highlight hard-won achievements, and create a plan for getting into a top-choice school. 
That plan includes helping your student choose classes and extracurriculars, create a college list, brainstorm and edit essays, and navigate college financing options. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. You are listening to Getting In, a college coach conversation. To submit a question for an upcoming listener Q&A segment or to suggest an idea for a future segment, please send an email to gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Getting In, a college coach conversation. We're all about the summer uh, today, and in our last segment, I'm very excited to welcome a guest, Audrey Wish, who is the founder and CEO of Curious Cardinals, uh, to talk about using the summer to explore interests. Um, welcome, Audrey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to share a little bit about Curious Cardinals and our goal to help students discover and pursue their passions, specifically in the summertime. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Um, it's very timely. This is going to be airing on June 15th. So many students are already out of school and some um, still have maybe another week or two to go. But essentially, the summer is upon us. Um, but before we get into kind of using that time, can you just tell us a little bit about Curious Cardinals? So I founded Curious Cardinals when I was a student at Stanford. I was sent home from the pandemic. I was a history major, thought I was pre-law, and I began working with students and observed a disconnect between what they were learning in school and what they were passionate about and started applying what they were learning in school to my own passions in hopes of igniting their imagination for what they could pursue and why, and saw that it was a really powerful way to learn. One of them asked for math help. I wasn't as passionate about math, and that's where my eventual co-founder came into the picture. He was an aerospace engineer and started applying what they were learning in math to how airplanes fly. And my co-founder and I were reflecting on the fact that we were super lucky to have found our passions early on. And that felt like our guiding North Star that helped us figure out which clubs we wanted to participate in, which electives to choose, how to spend our summers, where we even wanted to go to college. And there's not that much space in the school day to discover what that thing is. So we felt that there was a real opportunity here to connect, curious middle and high school students to extraordinary and inspiring college mentors to shed light upon that journey and help them discover and pursue that passion. So that's what Curious Cardinals does. We are a mentorship platform. We recruit the most accomplished and inspiring college students and recent grads, and we make personalized matches. We have three tracks and we're all about meeting students where they're at on their journey. The exploratory journey, one, the passion project, two, and academic mentorship, three, the exploratory journeys for students who don't know what they're interested in or have a vague idea of an interest to get started through guided exploration, whether you want to learn about climate change or healthcare or different social justice issues. I always say that in high school, I didn't take computer science, not because I wasn't interested, but because I thought maybe I'd get a bad grade and it would tarnish my chances of getting into Stanford, which is such a terrible reason not to try something. Yes. Aim to detach that fear of failure and encourage exploration. And the exploratory journey is a perfect place to start. The second path is the passion project. And oftentimes the exploratory journey leads to a passion project. Like you figure out that within climate change, you're super passionate about journalism and you want to make a blog. Um, so some students come in and have like a dream project in mind or have a strong passion, but want to do something with it. So they work with a mentor to bring this project idea to fruition. The mentor helps them say, where do you want to be 12 months from now? Let's work backwards, set goals, project management, and fill in the gaps of their knowledge. And then the third track is academic mentorship, which is 
I lacked a lot of confidence in high school in STEM. One of the things is I was one of the few girls in my honors math class, and I really didn't see myself in the space. And so I could have really benefited from a female engineering mentor. Um, And so whether it's your race, your gender, your learning difference, you have an aspiration to be a college athlete, we want to match you to a mentor who you can see yourself in, because ultimately, it didn't really come down to competence. It was a matter of confidence. And so the academic mentorship, we say tutoring is the T world of curious cardinals. We don't talk about it here. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really a relationship with a mentor to help guide you through a course, um, help guide you through a subject that maybe you're struggling with. We actually have a lot of students this summer doing college essay writing and work with someone who you really deeply connect with to be your best self, unlock your greatest potential. Got it. Um, You know, one thing I do want to throw out there for our listeners is Um, I love the idea of the passion project of finding the passion. I will say this for many, many, many students, I will even go so far as to say for most students, I'm not sure that passion ultimately is where you net out. Maybe it's just that you find things. Passion feels like a really big word and it could simply be finding things that you're just interested in. Um, You know, even in my own life at a far advanced, not recent college graduate, I wouldn't say that passion describes the things I'm interested in. And, um, and that's okay. That's all I want to throw out there, right? I'm I'm so glad you say that because passion can feel very daunting. The core pillars of Curious Cardinals are near peer mentorship, learning from a college student, not too much older in age and yourself, passion-based learning, project-based learning, representation matters, all on the passion-based learning, because I agree, passion can be an intimidating word. It can be as simple as you love watching sports, And then we say, you want to learn sports analytics or you want to make a blog on your favorite sports teams or you love fashion and Instagram, want to learn social media marketing or fashion and sustainability. I think the unfortunate reality is kids learn in silos and we live in a hyper interconnected world. So it really can be, as you said, as something you're interested in, something that makes you happy, something you have fun with. And there's a lot of ways to connect that to doing something that you're proud of. Yes. Love it. Um, All right. So, well, let's talk about it's summer. Many students um, ideally kind of know what they're going to do. Maybe they have a part-time job. Maybe they're going to camp. Maybe they're doing an internship. Maybe they are doing some research. There's a wide variety of things that students might be doing with their summer. Um, Some may really not know yet. Some parents may be pulling out their hair saying, what are you doing with your time this summer? Um, in general, though, regardless of what else is going on, summer, maybe some of these opportunities tie directly into things you're interested in, or maybe they're completely unrelated. You're just scooping ice cream um, down the street, and otherwise, you're not really thinking about the things you're interested in. So what are your tips for kind of using this time alongside maybe other things that you're already doing for, um, for exploring interests? You know, what are some things that you would recommend? So as I just was saying, and we were discussing, it doesn't have to be something so complicated. You also, last thing you should do is think what would look good for college, because ultimately you are going to do the coolest thing or get the most excited or go down the most loopholes with the thing you're genuinely most interested in. So I would say, what's that thing that piqued your interest, maybe in a class, maybe a podcast, maybe it was something in your TikTok feed and use summer as the time to dive deeper, whether that's by signing up for a class, whether that's by pursuing an exploratory journey with a Curious Cardinals mentor, whether that's by finding a few books within that subject domain that you say like, I'm going to read these this summer and I'm going to commit to 
developing my understanding here. Maybe it's even something as a prerequisite to doing something in the school year. Like you've decided debate actually could be a li- really cool, but I'm a little bit intimidated to just try out for the debate team with no prep. So this summer, I'm going to l- work on my debate skills. I'm going to watch debates. I'm going to take a debate course. So I would just say, put yourself out there. And again, there are there are no ramifications. Unfortunately, that fear of failure so often inhibits students from even trying lean into the opportunity to not have a grade and put yourself out there in situations that you otherwise might not put yourself in. And the worst case scenario will be that you learn it's something you're not interested in. Right. That's great. Because then that's one other thing you're like, great, I'm actually not interested in this. Right. Onto the, thing. the best case scenario is you find something that you love and you're so excited to continue with it. And you were able to start when you're, you were in a summer headspace. You weren't like my test on Friday and this grade and that, like yes. you had the summer freedom to just kind of dive deep and go for it. Yeah. I mean, I do, I I do think that exploring interests can be, it's as valuable when you discover that you don't like something as it is when you discover that you do like something. I can't tell you how many students I've said who are thinking, oh, I might want engineering. And then I say, why don't you do this three-week online course where they're going to take you into the different levels of engineering. At the end, you're going to know a whole lot more about what that actually means. And if you like it, great. Then you can look for other opportunities. And if you dislike it, awesome. Now you can move off the idea that you might apply for engineering and try and find something else that you're interested in. A hundred percent. And you don't have to overcomplicate it. There's so many simple ways to ask someone to put yourself out there to read something. So Right. And, and, you know, online courses, um, they have all these now free courses that students can take. So it's not even like you need to make a big monetary investment, um, which I think a lot of people worry that that they need to do that. But really, I mean, I go back to Goodwill Hunting, which I realize is a really old movie at this point for everyone listening, but you know, where he is having a debate with a guy in a bar who goes to Harvard and he's talking about how all these things he could have learned just with a couple of dollars in late fees at the library. I mean, there's a lot that you can explore on your Podcasts are another great free medium. So much you can learn and such quality storytelling. Yes, absolutely. Good point. What about for the students? We talked about, you know, oh, this sparked your interest or, you know, you studied something in school, but you maybe there was an element that you didn't dig that deeply into and now you're going to spend your summer. What about a student who says or a parent who says, you know, I have no interest or my child has no interest? What are, are there, is there anything you might recommend for students to do to see if that sparks an interest for them? Yeah, I would say that what's difficult is this this reframing. And that's what a lot of families come to us for because they will honestly say, my kid can't stop playing video games or they won't get off of TikTok. And our whole thing is you got to validate who the student is. That's the way to set this up for success. So why don't you learn how to code a video game? You love TikTok. Why don't you learn video production? Like lean into who your child is authentically and help them connect the dots to ways that they can do something fulfilling and meaningful or impactful in the world because there are so many ways you can leverage social media to make an impact in the world, or you can leverage your love for videos or digital games and whatnot to do something productive or create it as your own. So I would say resist the urge to admonish it, say it's the wrong thing and be more curious, try to understand how you can lean into it, embrace it and champion it further. Right. I love the word authentically. Um, it's such a big word in college admissions. 
if you are authentic to who you are in the things that you pursue, in the things you're interested in, it's always, always going to resonate more than if you try to create this persona that you think the colleges are going to want. And I think you use that phrase as well, like, don't do it because you think colleges will like it. That's like the worst thing you can do. And you're not going to spend, you're not going to be so excited to spend all the time that's going to actually enable you to do something extraordinary when you're doing it inauthentically. And there's so many fun ways to, I think, when you have the freedom of summer to combine interests. We have a student named Ella who loves playing cello and she loves art. She's never learned art professionally. It's kind of her self-taught hobby. And so she spoke to our team and we helped her think about like, how could she connect the dots? She's working with one mentor to produce her first um, cello song. She's never Mm -hmm. produced her own music. And then she's working with another artist mentor to learn art, digital art, and she's going to design the album cover and then bring it all together. And so that's such a unique way to kind of, again, combine two authentic interests, but she's doing it because she genuinely loves these two things. And she's going to be really proud of the outcome at the end of the summer. Right. I love that. We have one minute very quickly. A third thing that you recommend is making time to have fun why? Well, how is that important? Life is short and summer is shorter and you won't always have the freedom of summer after you graduate from college or even in college, there's really the pressure for internships. And when you have fun, that's when your mind runs free, when you're going to maybe have a crazy light bulb moment for something you could create or what you genuinely care about. And mental health is a huge priority. Prioritize your happiness and mental health over the summer. It's not just an opportunity to be productive, but also to recharge. And I think that summer is also an interesting time where I felt like I was either such an adult or such a kid in high school, Mm -hmm. kid when I was running barefoot or making sandcastles or eating too much ice cream, an adult when I had my first job experience or was learning independently. And so I think you should embrace that dichotomy. And summer is the perfect time to really think about what what are on the horizons, what you're looking for next. And that's kind of our hope with the mentorship model too, that it can actually make it fun to try something new, hold yourself accountable to some big audacious goal because you're working with someone who you can see yourself in who will hold you accountable, but also be a collaboration buddy as well. Yes, love it. Audrey, thank you again um, for our guest uh, or for our listeners, Curious Cardinals. Um, you can check out their website. Um, next week, Shannon is hosting. Yay, very excited for Shannon to host. Um, we're going to be featuring the Web Institute, which is another in our niche, niche college series, and also doing a listener Q&A. Um, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. The more we get, the easier it is for others to find us. I know I'm a broken record. Um, and don't forget, we're here every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. Thank you for tuning in to Getting In, a college coach conversation. New episodes drop every Thursday. The goal of this show is to demystify the college admissions process for families around the globe. To help with this mission, please leave a review and share with your friends. And to learn more about Bright Horizons College Coach, visit GetIntoCollege.com.